Bits. A brief podcast before the MA and Tech Conference in Berlin. Welcome to another edition of Tech Law Bits, a podcast in preparation of the IBA M&A in the tech sector conference in Berlin on March 23rd and 24th, so only a few days from now. My name is Martin Schoenbacher. I'm a tech and data lawyer with Herting in Berlin, and I already look forward to seeing many colleagues from all over the world, including the two of you um, I have on the line today in Berlin. Um, yes, first of all, a warm welcome to Elizabeth Weston from Stockholm, Sweden. Hello, Elizabeth. Hi, Martin. How are you? Very good. And Harry Rubin. Hello, Harry. Uh, you were co-chairing our technology law committee around that time when I joined it as an officer. Welcome, Harry, from New York. Thank you. Um, before we start talking about your topic uh, um, that you will be discussing with the attendees at your roundtable at the Berlin Conference, maybe, Elizabeth, you can briefly introduce yourself. Thank you, Martin. I am a partner at Hannes Nelman, which is a business law firm, one of the biggest in the Nordics, and I head the IP and data technology department at the Stockholm office. In Harry? I'm, a part, I'm head of the IP and technology transactions practice at Kramer Levin in New York, and the initiator and co-head of the COVID-19 task force of the IBA, and a member of the Presidential Task Force on the Future of the Legal Profession and have been involved over the years in organizing and co-chairing conferences for the IBA in lots of areas. So three people that have been involved uh, in the IBA for uh, quite some time now. Uh, I, I used to be co-chairing the Technology Law Committee in the advisory board there now. Um, well, to your listeners, to give you a flavor of what to expect, um, um, as some of you may know, I speak with most of the moderators um, on their specific roundtable topic. And uh, the three of us uh, today will be talking about the uh, peculiarities of co-optition licenses and arrangements. Um, as a start, uh, would you, Elizabeth, maybe uh, let the listeners briefly know what that means and what you're going to discuss? Thank you, Martin. So, competition is the act of cooperation between competing companies. That businesses that engage in both competition and cooperation are said to be in competition. And as you mentioned, this has been an area that's been very important uh, during Corona, where we saw, at least here in the Swedish market, some, some Swedish uh, companies uh, collaborating with international companies to get in vaccines in, in the right time. And this, of course, as lawyers understand, uh, cooperation between competition, competitioners that do entail a couple of antitrust question as well. But it's a it's a very important topic and it's also a very top a topic that you often foresee in the tech industry between like for instance a software supplier or harder hardware suppliers that you you compete but you also cooperate in certain situations. Yeah, when we now have a situation where basically the capital markets are frozen, there are no IPOs Uh, private equity um, is is very inactive at the moment. 
the collaboration between competitors has become much more important. And for, for a lot of companies, really the only avenues to uh, access capital, to develop IP, to access personnel. And it's something that is prevalent across all areas that are, are IP intensive in technology and life sciences. And uh, as Elizabeth said, it involves obviously a lot of antitrust issues, but it involves uh, complicated contractual matters, IP matters, licensing matters, a whole slew of key issues that are typically found in regular agreements become much more complicated and require much greater thought. Um, and there's really no sui generis approach to this. It has to be thought out very strategically and very carefully, medium term and long term. And so we're going to get into how people should approach this and uh, how they should manage it and negotiate. Yeah. Um, Excellent. Um, I mean, the one thing that you mentioned, and, and I mean, you mentioned a lot of both of you, a lot of issues already. But one thing that seems to be on the table is basically the exchanging, the necessary exchanging of information, um, be it software, be it data, be it even prices. Um, that that is always crucial um, when you're talking to competitors. So, very high level. How how is there a general approach to this to avoid anti the the obvious antitrust? issues or uh, would you say there's like um, something you, you should never do or something how, how do you go about um, uh, when starting discussions with a pot potential co-optitioner Elizabeth maybe you start <clears throat> Well, I mean, is this important? I mean, if we go back to the case that I that I just referred to between Pfizer and the Swedish company BioNTech, where they together uh, had brought different stuff to the table, and therefore together being also competitors, they could uh, make sure that we got this one of these vaccines that uh, many of us uh, received during this uh, pandemic. I think I would say that. It's, it's still, it involves great companies often, sometimes listed uh, companies. So I would say there is no uh, situation that solves everything. It's like in a case by case uh, solution that has to be found. And unlike Harry, I'm not an antitrust expert. So in these situations, we work together closely with our um, antitrust team so that they can really decide on the market and the, the, the companies that are involved and how this can be done. So it's a collaboration. I'm actually also not an antitrust expert, and we also <laughs> get our antitrust lawyers involved. But uh, I have to say that in Most situations, because in the United States, these arrangements are subject to what's known as the rule of reason, mm -hmm. uh, and it's really a licensing situation. It doesn't usually trigger major antitrust concerns. But Martin, your question about exchanging information is very important, and it's very important from a confidentiality and IP point of view, because <clears throat> the question is, how do competitors actually exchange information Uh, without shooting themselves in the foot. And I think that's one of the things that we're going to get into uh, in our session to talk about what kind of confidentiality provisions, what kind of, uh, what kind of rules, what kind of uh, processes people should institute in order to, one, on the one hand, to be able to engage in that transaction, but on the other hand, to make sure that they put a fence around their information so they don't reveal too much. That's one of the key issues. 
from from a contractual IP point of view. Right. And I would just want to add here that that's why the IBA is so amazing because here and I we get to talk to a lot of other practitioner very different uh, with different experiences from all around the world because many of these contracts are actually cross-border. Uh, so you could he have a Swedish company or a US company or a German company or a Chinese company. So we really look forward to give, give, be given like the national perspective from the people who were joining our, uh, our table and to hear about their ex experience and ex exchange best practices and share examples. Uh, and in fact, we're going to also discuss, uh, to Elizabeth's point, choice of law and dispute resolution mechanism, which in this particular situation is extremely interesting because you have to think about what it does to indemnification obligations, dispute resolution, and all the rest. So there's a lot of very interesting creative things. And I'm going back to the original point. There is no prefabricated yeah. form for something like this. This really requires an understanding of the business dynamics and uh, a strategic um, approach to the relationships. Absolutely. Um, um, obviously, that's what I thought when I asked the question. Um, but um, um, you mentioned, and maybe that's the last point we could cover, uh, um, you mentioned licensing as being crucial in, in the contractual situation. Um, how, in, in what way would you say is that important, um, especially in the technology context? Obviously, It makes a big, big difference whether you're, you know, like like in your example, Elizabeth, a hardware and a software supplier uh, uh, work together, although they're competitors in one way or the other, or whether it's uh, a manufacturing business. Um, uh, so what are the, the typical licensing issues you face um, in, in, uh, when, when dealing with a competitor? I mean, obviously, again, this, this depends very much on the parties and what they're doing, but The key is to define what each party is giving to the other party, what each party can do with uh, the IP that it is receiving, uh, what happens with IP that is generated by both parties. And then again, that depends on the kind of structure that you create. And it can be software to software. It can be software and data. It can be hardware and data. It can be uh, a million different things. But these cross-license arrangements really are the core in a lot of ways, of this entire co-petition arrangement. That's why, <clears throat> while the initial inclination is always to focus on the antitrust issue, it's actually the contractual licensing IP issues that really make this either work or, or fail. And that's why people have to think about it very carefully, and we're going to get into that in great detail. Mm -hmm. And most of us, at, at least uh, from my impression, the three of us feel much more comfortable on that side of this uh, uh, in, uh, than, than on the antitrust issue. Uh, um, aspects that, that are there or, um, also, um, excellent. Um, I think, I think you have already brought forward, uh, uh, arguments as to why to join our table, uh, but I have asked everybody, um, to, to all, all moderators, um, to conclude with a statement to the listeners, why would they come to your table? Maybe Elizabeth, you can start and then Harry can jump in. 
because this is the core of being a tech lawyer in uh, to, to understand licensing. And I think the dishes that we will bis- discuss, they never get old. You can never discuss them too, too much. There's always something new to, to learn. And particularly because the protection of data, the protection of IP, the protection of trade secret, the rules are different uh, around the world. And at least here in Europe, the rules are moving, so there's always like new things to learn and new experiences to gain to discuss these issues. Good. Excellent. Um, well, thank you both um, for uh, joining me for this uh, conversation. Very much looking forward to seeing you all um, in Berlin in a few days' time. Um, and uh, yeah, you have a safe trip here. Thank you very much. Thank you. Thank you, Martin. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Bits. Bits.